You're listening to Creative Capes by Future London Academy. Honest conversations with designers, entrepreneurs and innovators. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello dear futurist design leaders and creative thinkers from around the world. I'm Ekaterina from Future London Academy and today I will be joined by Lenia Natarangela, the co-founder, CEO and creative director at ILO, an Italian creative studio producing handmade motion design, infographics, illustration and much more. She founded the studio with Luca Ganelli back in 2012. They're now a team of nine and work with global brands like Google, Airbnb, Samsung, Snapchat and Bloomberg. In today's conversation, we discuss Elenia's unusual career journey that started from a not-so-creative place, the importance of finding the right business partner, how to overcome psychological struggles of running a company and how Elenia plans her year ahead. And if you want to see our faces, check out the video version of this interview on our YouTube channel at Future London Academy. Enjoy. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Hi. Hi, Katrina. Amazing. Well, so good to have you. And usually we do these things in the evenings, but because you're on the other basically side of the planet, which is (laughs) incredible, uh, it's really good to have a refreshing. I'm having a coffee. So this is my morning coffee with you. (laughs) And I am. Some water still not wine yet ah what time is it in seoul it's uh 8 to 12. oh wow okay uh, so it is uh very very late yeah it's it's fine like it's uh, around dinner time but uh, being italian i'm uh, used to have dinner a little later than uh, uh, probably english people <laughs> okay um are you a morning or a night person I'm definitely a morning person, so I like to, when uh, I naturally uh, wake up at uh, six or seven, I'm very happy and I'm trying to have, uh, like, uh, uh, enjoy my morning in a full way. Uh, well, I'm the opposite. I'm definitely a night person, so <laughs> bear with me if I won't be myself today because this is definitely too early for me to have any sort of in-depth conversation, but it will be with you, so I am, I'm excited. I feel like we have so much to talk about. It's the same that. For, for me because it's night, so it's going to be a slow, slow down conversation. <laughs> okay, let, let's make it happen. So as always, we prefer to start with a rapid fire question. So I have some questions for you and right. nothing too, too difficult. Um, and hopefully um, just can't say first thing that comes into your mind. Okay. Ready? Yes. Uh, great. Best movie of all times. Uh, so I, I don't know if uh, it's of all time, but my uh, favorite movie since one year is uh, Parasite by Bong, Bong Joon-ho. And I mean, it's not the reason why I'm here in Korea, but uh, I'm appreciating a lot uh, Korean culture. And uh, I think it's a very, very good movie uh, that talks about uh, different genres of, uh, of movies within a, a single movie. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that movie. It's, it's hilarious. Like, uh, yeah. Describe... It's dramatic, so it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that there is a lot to unpack in that one, so it's, it's really good. If anyone hasn't seen it, definitely go and watch it. It got, was it uh, Cannes uh, Grand Prix they, they got last year, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and I think that they also won the, the Oscar as best foreign movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, describe happen. yourself in three words. Okay, so I will say uh, that I'm a traveler, I'm quite resilient, and uh, 
uh, I have an eye for design. I don't know if there is an English adjective to make this in one word, but yeah, eye of design is something that uh, it's a feature for me. Oh, nice. We'll talk more about your eye for design uh, definitely <laughs> late in this conversation. Who inspires you at the moment? Uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, probably given that uh, I have the chance to be in Korea right now, probably uh, the Korean culture is inspiring me a lot uh, in the moment. Of course, uh, given that everybody is at home right now and I had the chance to travel, it's very import important. So maybe it's not a person uh, this time, but uh, it's more like uh, an environment I'm surrounded by. Okay, sounds, sounds great. What's your professional achievement you're the most proud of? Uh, so probably this year uh, we've been able to work with Google uh, for, for projects uh, and uh, maybe right now uh, I feel, okay, I work for Google, but uh, like the first time uh, uh, they contact us, it was, oh my God, Google is calling us, considering also that we are not like a big New York studio, but we are like based in Turin, that is a fourth city in Italy. And so even like if you are pretty local, being able to work for uh, like a major product launches uh, or maybe major digital products uh, has been a very big uh, achievement. Amazing. Well, well done. This is definitely the client that lots of people dream about having. So yeah. um, good job. Working from home or office fun? Uh, office, I would say, because, uh, um, of course, maybe the good compromise will be uh, two days from home and three uh, in the studio. Uh, I think that it's a different way of working. Probably remote working is more efficient because uh, you have... Uh, less uh, time uh, off, less time for chatting or maybe for having coffees or maybe for meetings. But for sure you have less uh, serendipity and you have less chance to connect with other people. And especially when we have to include the new team members, uh, it's, very, it's very hard to uh, make them part of the team uh, without being able to, to connect uh, like also physically with them. And for this reason, of course, when we were able to this summer, we tried to be back at the studio, at least partially, having maybe six seats uh, over 12 people. So we had some uh, uh, like uh, days from home and days uh, at the studio. But I think that the work that you can do when you are physically together, it's, uh, it's different from a creative point. Oh, absolutely. The magic of people being together. I'm all up for that. Um, there place on the planet you haven't been to but you really want to visit uh i gave to each year of my life a team like since uh, probably five or seven years and this year was the radical one and so i wanted to uh visit uh, like some place that are not like uh, so a little bit out of my comfort zone uh so i wanted to visit maybe saudi arabia or uh, lebanon or uzbekistan but of course, I wasn't able to do anything. Uh, but yeah, they are still on my to-do list to see a, a culture that is very uh, different from ours in the good and in the bad. Uh, but yeah, I would like to, to try something very different. And I had the chance probably to have traveled a lot uh, in, the, in the last uh, dozen years. 
Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to see something that uh, is able to impress me. Fantastic. Well, if anyone here from Saudi or Uzbekistan are listening to us, please comment that they will show the best <laughs> times to Lenia when she's there. And uh, definitely we're all about connecting creative communities from all, all around the world. Yeah, so I love true. your idea of actually going around and seeing places. This is fantastic. Uh, the des design book that uh, changed your life or you, you really think about? Yeah, uh, so uh, I think that... Uh, something that I would suggest to read to young designers or even old designers uh, is Design as Art by Bruno Bonari because I think that uh, uh, it gives you the um, perspective on how design should be uh, beautiful, uh, functional and uh, accessible. And it's also a little bit the philosophy that uh, I would like to pursue with Illo. And uh, another book that I'm reading right now, I don't know if it's going to be like the book of my life, is Ruined by Design by Mike Montero. Uh, that is talking more about the accountability, the responsibility of UX designer and of the lack of uh, uh, maybe uh, gender or race uh, uh, diversity at the table of the design table. And so what like this means uh, then in our everyday life, in our experiences, when we are using Twitter or Uber. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I agree with all uh, his thesis, but it's a very interesting uh, reading. Fantastic. And the last question, what does design mean to you in one word? Uh, design to me, and uh, it's also my very recent uh, bio on, uh, on Instagram, is a choice. So being uh, able and have the courage and the strength of uh, choose something uh, that maybe for me, uh, it means to avoid having too many colors in a single project or too many shapes. So like uh, follow a direction and uh, be, be courageous enough to, to follow it uh, without uh, like uh, adding something that uh, doesn't fit at all. Oh, I love it. Definitely. Choice. Choice is the word. I think a good word actually to describe life as well. But someone I, talk about saying, I, I was reading a comment and someone was saying, what about Egypt? And I must say that uh, my uh, father, uh, my, my grandfather and grandmother uh, are from Egypt. So I have some uh, Egyptian origins. I mean, they, they have like uh, an Italian origins. So they were just like living there for uh, um, some of their life. But yeah, they were born in Egypt. So oh, amazing. So multicultural. <laughs> but thank you so much for answering those 10 questions. Now we can relax and talk about bigger things, more meaningful things. And I have lots of questions for you. And by the way, everyone who joined, feel free to type in your comments below and we will try to answer as many of them as possible. But you mentioned something uh, just earlier today about the word or the theme for the year. And I was very intrigued by that. Uh, so what is this principle of deciding on a theme for the year? And you said for this year is radical. How did you come up with this concept and what other words did you have in the past and how did it manifest? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, of course, like it's, uh, um, this is a personal challenge maybe every year, uh, probably since I started working. So maybe when you start working, uh, your uh, life uh, tends to be more uh, regular because you have a work, you have a home, so it's less crazy than when you are at school, at the university, or maybe in a sabbatical year. So, I mean, you can experiment a lot, but when you start working, you have a more day-to-day uh, -day routine. And so I want to 
I wanted to break it uh, with some uh, maybe crazy or less crazy challenges, but I had the years of uh, uh, travels, the uh, luxurious year, uh, the year, the radical year, the year of the future. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I put down a, a list uh, during the New Year's Eve with some crazy things. And then I tried during the year to uh, be able to uh, like uh, solve these challenges. Super jealous about the luxurious year. What was yeah. the highlight, highlight of Probably the luxurious year? It was the best year. one. Like, uh, I was able to be in uh, Dubai, <laughs> uh, like uh, in a swimming pool or a rooftop was very, very good. Nice. And very curious about the year of the future. The word means a lot to me. So tell me, what did you do for the year of the yeah, future? Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, we were able to develop a little bit more uh, Algo, our sister studio, on a mm -hmm. professional point. But I was also, I tried to uh, eat some insects. Okay. And uh, also maybe to uh, write a very short uh, uh, I wouldn't say novel, but let's say a blog post, um, Black Mirror style, uh, with like, I don't know, maybe um, um, envisioning a, a dystopian future about uh, our eyes being trapped by the phones. And so maybe if you are not watching the, the advertising for real, something bad can happen. So I, uh, of course, there were also the big Black Mirror here. So I, I'm really fascinated by the futures, but in the like uh, good way uh, and how maybe design can improve uh, uh, the, uh, our future. But also I'm really passionate by technology and a little bit of dystopian. It's uh, also something that probably uh, lead us to, uh, to, to debate more about uh, the choice we are taking in our present. Oh, fantastic. I oh, love it. And uh, yeah, Black Mirror definitely has a lot of uh, interesting insights specifically for this year, but in general, thinking about the future is such a great topic. We actually uh, launching, it, it's, a, it's a secret information, but we're launching a course soon uh, about um, trends in the future and uh, foresight in general. And we're developing the content now and I'm just so blown away by how much use we can get from just trying to have these exercises of thinking of the future and different possible futures where you described, like writing a blog post and just kind of playing around with what these futuristic scenarios might look like actually can help a lot in your strategy in, in how you build a business and how you build a product. Sounds super interesting, yes. Fantastic. So um, actually, I want to talk to you about your career as well, because um, I think you're in a very interesting field of illustration, animation, and you, you, you have a design studio, but lots of the things that you do are to do with, with illustration and animation. And it's not an easy career path. And very, um, I was talking to, to my friends who are illustrators, and they said it's probably the most uh, difficult one to make a, a living out of. When you graduate and you think, okay, I am now an illustrator, it's not really straightforward how you can make money with it. And you decided to build a studio, which is again, yeah. not necessarily an obvious choice for someone who is just passionate about creating great uh, graphics. So tell me more about how, how did this journey happen and when was your kind of insight moment that you decide, okay, 
I should run a company and this is how I will build my career. Yeah, uh, probably the reason why I started the studio is also because uh, I, I I really know that uh, like the illustration, the career as illustrator can be uh, very, uh, very hard, especially if you uh, are not among the top notch illustrators, but uh, it's a bit like in the music industry. So sometimes you have like uh, the uh, rock stars that have uh, like uh, a lot of followers and a lot of uh, works. And then you have maybe uh, the one they are working just locally and they are not able to come up with a higher audience, uh, larger audience. Um, but to me, I, I, I didn't plan to be an illustrator uh, and I didn't plan to work uh, with illustration at that time. Uh, also because uh, I graduated in, uh, like uh, I have two degrees, like the, the first one, the bachelor degree was in uh, uh, industrial production engineering. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> that's very serious, very opposite of illustration. Yeah, I mean, we did some technical drawings of uh, some mechanical pieces, but um, not uh, really a school of art. But it was interesting because uh, it um, left me uh, plenty of choices after this first year, three years. And so, yeah, I did uh, some years at the university in, um, in Torino, the engineering school. And then I did uh, a couple of years in Paris at the School of Economics. So maybe this was important for the entrepreneurial side of uh, running a studio. Uh, but after this, like uh, while I was studying industrial uh, production engineering, I felt that I was more interested by communication and marketing. And so uh, I started some trying to do some internship in this field. And after this, uh, I decided to switch my uh, university career uh, to uh, new media and cinema engineering. And uh, like thanks to this uh, final three years with this Master of Science, I opened uh, Illustrator and After Effects and then like <laughs> everything followed. But uh, yeah, like, uh, of course, uh, also when I was a kid, I was a, a pretty creative um, person. I really liked to draw. I was very bad at uh, sports, uh, even if I tried most of them. Um, so I, I feel that I feel that I was a creative person. And also I had a, a computer when I was a, like a kid, like six or seven years old. And given that uh, uh, there were the old times where we didn't add the internet connection like uh, you young guys uh, right now, I had just like one computer and I didn't like video games, uh, but I had Photoshop on, uh, on it and I had two images. One was uh, uh, the one for like the, the first image of the JPEG compression. That is like a lady with a hat. I don't know if you have this in mind. I realized just like a lot of years later that uh, the shoot was for Playboy, but I mean, it was just a headshot. <laughs> and I had like uh, the, the photo of uh, my classmates. Uh, I was in the primary school and I was able maybe to do something very bad and very basic. Uh, and after this, maybe uh, in the middle school, um, I asked for Christmas, uh, the software publisher, that was a software for uh, Microsoft uh, Office. Uh, of, I don't know if it was called Office at the time, but I wanted to be able to do more crazy word arts, the one I was able to do in Word. And uh, I mean, I started editing some videos for birthdays uh, or maybe fake ads uh, during the high school even if I did classical studies completely different and uh, I think that I did my first motion design video in PowerPoint. 
because wow. I, <laughs> I was so <laughs> it's uh, like a the true creative that will it doesn't matter which <laughs> instrument you use like the true creative exactly. will always find the way oh this is amazing <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, this is probably one of the oddest career paths I've had to become uh, an illustrator or a motion designer or run a creative company. It has so many different parts. But as you said, it seems like from the very early beginning, you knew you are creative and you were drawn to the Photoshop and everything that was creative with the computer. Why did you not pursue it? Like if you had this idea that you like Photoshop and you like it, why did you go to study other things that not necessarily are linked directly to design? Yeah, uh, because maybe uh, I, I knew that this was uh, one of my passions, but I also was uh, maybe very good scholar at the time. So I wanted to like uh, do the most difficult school or uh, maybe also have more choices for the, for, for the future. I mean, maybe in my... 18, uh, I wasn't sure that I wanted to, do, to be a designer. Uh, also, probably while design is more um, like uh, um, well known and mainstream right now, like you can say to someone that you are a designer, uh, I, I don't know if at the time with maybe less digital culture, being a designer was a, a, like a, a big possibility, like to tell my parents, okay, mom, I want to be a designer. So I wanted to be sure that uh, I had like uh, three years, like a first degree uh, where I would be able to work uh, almost uh, anywhere. And also I chose the school back because uh, you had to spend two years in Paris and was a very good option for my, <laughs> for the Elenia of uh, some years ago. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's a weird, it has been a weird path but, but when I see this now, I think that it totally makes sense because uh, like half of my day is about uh, uh, entrepreneurship, uh, half uh, of my day is about creative direction. And so the media and cinema engineering and uh, the production engineering uh, totally makes sense. Priya, I think when we all look back on our old career choices, we're like, <laughs> this was such a great career path. I studied um, programming, so I studied C++, C++ <laughs> to, to find out that actually what I like is design. Um, but at that point, as you said, design wasn't really a straightforward career path. So programming seemed like the closest to the creative field. <laughs> you could create something at least with programming. Yeah. And, uh, and now when I'm and I, I, it's I, like, I, oh, I that's so useful. Too. Mm -hmm. I did coding too uh, in the new media and uh, cinema engineering and I think it's very important uh, to uh, shape the mindset of a designer too so I suggest uh, to all the designers oh absolutely uh, absolutely I think what what's probably was an important reflection for me is that in the moment it didn't feel that I was doing the right thing and I remember how I because I had friends who actually went to study art and I was so jealous of them thinking like they are the true artists that actually made the leap and first of all they could draw and I couldn't and uh, they actually I don't know do these drawings every single day and they're living the life they're living the dream and I, I can't do that but now when I look back, I'm like, no, actually, that was much better. Now I have like understanding of both sides. So I don't know, was it the same for you? Did you, did you feel like you wanted to actually you, to, to study in a design school and it was also like a dream for you? 
Yeah, sometimes when I was at cinema and media engineering, I was expecting to have more uh, creative direction there or uh, creative exams. But instead, it was pretty technical and we had a lot of uh, coding uh, uh, exams and classes. And uh, yeah, I think that coding is uh, quite hard, of course, but it's also very creative. And uh, it has a sort of uh, orgasmic pleasure, I would say, because when... Uh, like things works they work for real and like you, you can see the result and i think that it's also very inter interesting in terms of uh, design because you can have a more generative design mm -hmm. like you can have, have uh, variables uh, uh, that can change your design and this of course has been also crucial for our sister studio algo uh, where we do like video automation and so it's very important to connect uh, data with, with with design but um, yeah I, I still find very i'm not coding anymore i'm probably still able to read uh, some code but uh, yeah Unfortunately, I but but my first uh, uh, real job experience beyond the stage, beyond internships, was as interaction designer, and I was coding in action scripts. That um, was the like uh, the thing of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And and let's talk about your sister studio and in general this kind of combination of. Uh, technical skills and and creative skills and bringing together so yeah again you you decided probably to do quite an unconventional thing for an animation or creative studio of having this kind of another chapter in your adventures so how did this uh, decision come about and why did you decide not just to stick to doing great motions and graphics why did you decide that you need to do another thing uh, and add this to your portfolio yeah it started probably because a very big client uh, for us at the time, it was a major national client, uh, Italian client, um, and asked us to create uh, like uh, 10 or 20 videos uh, per um, Sunday um, for every uh, like match day of the Italian uh, soccer championship. Oh, so wow. you imagine like like we have the uh, at the time it was the request the client request of uh, our life because it was uh, like a good amount of money a good visibility and it was a very interesting uh, project they wanted us to showcase the scores or the other relevant moment of a match uh, without showing the images of uh, of the players because they are under like rights and so we had to create a sort of infographics of the relevant moments of the matches and um, they they thought that uh, we would be able to do this uh, by hand on uh, during weekends or maybe at nights when uh, <laughs> matches happen. And um, Luca, at the, the, the uh, my business and life part partner, so we are also a couple, um, had the the great idea of thinking about pulling this data automatically uh, because it also was um, watch a project uh, from back they did something similar for a tennis competition and then probably we push a little bit forward than what they did uh, for our video automation given that uh, i mean we had a strong engineering background in our in our studio because also our first employee is a very good animator and coder and so like uh, little by little we, we we were able to create some uh, design templates that were completely custom just like we did for a standard video but we were able to pull data from a server import them in after Effects that was like uh, running on the cloud 
and then uh, render the video automatically. And so you were able to enjoy our weekends. Wow. I mean, it is brilliant idea, but I can't say there would be something that would immediately come to someone's mind when they were given a project. So is it because you had those technical skills and kind of you always thought about how to optimize things? Is that kind of from your side? Was it from your partner's side? How, how did it yeah, even happen? Maybe also by having work uh, uh, and also Luca added uh, like um, cinema media engineering, also having work with Flash. So mm. when you connect maybe API or data uh, to like something that looks more like an app, probably mm. like a video, but probably it's the same concept. So we are uh, already this uh, mindset we were ready to connect uh, uh, variables with uh, with design. And this has been uh, like uh, very important also for uh, other projects uh, we did uh, for the Olympics, for Bloomberg, and uh, for Doctor Without Borders. Uh, we recently worked with uh, John Hopkins University to uh, track the pandemic uh, since uh, this summer. And so, yeah, it has been a very, uh, very nice add-on to our uh, ILO studio. Amazing. Um, let's talk actually more about your studio and um, your partner and how you're running things, because uh, First of all, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting story that you, you're married and uh, you, you run a company together. But also, um, how, how do you even think about running a company? You have obviously the business skills, the strategic skills. So um, who does what uh, in this partnership? How do you separate the, the responsibilities and what, what's, your, uh, what's your responsibility in the business? Sure. So, um, I mean, um, Luca and I are uh, together since uh, we were 18 or 19, and now I'm 35 years old, so it's almost 17 years. And so we started as a couple first, and then we became uh, business partners. And of course, first classmates at the university, and then uh, business partners. Yeah. And <laughs> when we started, uh, everyone was doing everything. So both animation and illustration are replying to emails and doing calls. We we were like uh, um, acting as a creative couple and uh, it was like uh, also it was a very competitive environment uh, because uh, like uh, we are not uh, like the ones saying oh look you did a great job but we were always challenging to do our best and then uh, when we started the studio in 2012 and we added some um, teammates uh, Luca was taking care more of the animation me the illustration and then like fast forward to now right now uh, I'm uh, uh, taking care mainly of the creative direction uh, Luca of the client direction but beyond this uh, I am also taking care of the more um, um, like um, management task or financial aspects also of the company uh, while Luca is also taking care of uh, Algo uh, like more from a, also uh, running all the operations of Algo and uh, yeah so uh, everyone of us has uh, its own uh, uh, like uh, field of uh, competence uh, we have maybe also different uh, skills and uh, uh, things that we like uh, but uh, yeah I think um, of course working with a partner is quite difficult because uh, uh, you can be uh, very direct, but sometimes you are too direct. And uh, sometimes uh, professional life uh, and personal life can mix up. 
within the years uh, we were able to uh, be more professional when we needed to be professional but sometimes uh, like we have a lot of debates let's say uh, for example we had to do the our new website uh, in the website together and uh, it was very uh, very challenging because we had two different opinions on how they um, like initially how the, the website should look like and uh, we also do real board meetings uh, every quarter I don't know I think that this can sound found for a couple it's uh, also important to assure like uh, uh, financial and strategic stability to, to our company so uh, we like uh, grew up becoming better professional but still being in a couple oh, fantastic I mean this is an incredible story and I, I actually know lots of uh, also founders and people who work together uh, while being a couple and uh, yeah everyone kind of highlights very similar things that on one hand it's it's a great thing that you know each other so you can be very straightforward you don't need to sugarcoat things because you essentially this is the person who trusts you on another hand yeah the, the boundaries become very blurry and you have to be very careful and especially because both of you have very similar backgrounds you kind of started doing the same thing and as you mentioned it was very competitive I mean I would literally like I think I would stress so much um, if I had to compete with my own partner I think that's like I always liked to have like different skills and my business partner is uh, more on the business side while I'm on a creative side and that definitely brings the balance. In your partnership, who was making the final decision? Like if there has to be, if there are two opinions but the decision needs to be made, who is making the decision? Yeah, it depends on the field. So maybe if it's a decision for uh, the for Algo, is Luca to take the uh, final decision. If it's maybe a budgeting thing and I'm taking more care about the financial things uh, it's me that have uh, like the final decision so uh, it depends and uh, yeah of course it's it could be stressful uh, but on the other side we uh, are not competitive on the salary <laughs> he's look at the replying here and we work for the same company so we have like the same wage uh, this uh, uh, like uh, put the things uh, on, the, on the same level I think, yeah, full transparency definitely is much easier when, when you are uh, with your partner because uh, essentially you know everything about each other. There is nothing to hide. <laughs> so definitely it's a much more trustful relationship and I suppose it's a bit easier to figure out some things. Um, and in all these years, you've been running it for 10 years now and uh, obviously you achieved incredible success with the clients and the work. But I can imagine not every single day of those 10 years was um, an easy one. Do you remember a big, I don't know, the, the, the worst day that happened during these 10 years uh, when you were like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. This is so hard. I wish I didn't have to deal with this. Do you remember what that was and how did you get out of it? Mm, maybe uh, there was um, a difficult period I wouldn't say a single day but uh, um, like more like a couple of months for our uh, Algo studio um, because we just hired a, a person and uh, the rights for the uh, soccer um, competition I was uh, like uh, talking to you earlier um, were weren't owned anymore by the company by, by our client and so this major project that was really important for us stopped like from one day to another and so like we were like 
we didn't look for other clients and we were like pretty stupid at the time but we were lacking a little bit of expertise about uh, like finding the right uh, stability to um, always find new clients and publish things in our portfolio and uh, so it was very important but at the time uh, as you said uh, the algo projects is not like uh, easy as a normal video that is more uh, easy to to sell um, and so we were struggling a little bit to find new clients and we have like this new uh, person uh, that we just uh, hired and uh, I was super scared to have uh, to lay off someone I didn't want to do it but I also know that uh, I mean I was the entrepreneur so I had to like uh, keep our accounts uh, in, in mind um, and uh, I think that we did uh, two things that uh, saved us um, the first one was uh, splitting, uh, and I think this is an engineering mindset, splitting the problem, the big problem is smaller problems, and assign one of these problems to other team member and ask them maybe to uh, find new clients, do some calls with prospects uh, at the time, even if it wasn't their like job, but they should be ready to uh, like uh, to help this moment and also uh, design a completely new website for Algo that was more bold and um, recognizable. And I think that the combination of the two uh, led us to have um, bigger and bigger clients throughout time. And so also we assured like uh, the financial stability of Hilo. But of course, uh, I, I, I mean, having a financial uh, Stability is something very important from, uh, uh, and, and then maybe you can think about making uh, um, the creativity um, skyrocketing. But uh, um, of course, when uh, you are responsible for the salaries of uh, 12 people, uh, sometimes it can get stressful. But uh, of course, we, we need to have a structure for which uh, um, you, you don't stress when uh, a month is not good, but you stress if six months are are not good but luckily after this like moment uh, we always had um, a quite good trend and uh, like we're, we're quite happy of uh, where we are right now amazing well it sounds i mean it was sounds like a hard time um yeah. going through the unknown period when you don't actually know what the way out is you don't know if it will work out what you're doing uh so you're kind of betting on certain things hoping that they will work out so how long was this period was it a month was it mm, two months like from two to five months so oh, wow. maybe that is different shades uh but yeah i mean things with illo were, were doing great at the time but still uh, we wanted to have like this um this little baby growing up <laughs> and uh, so it was like more delicate than uh, than illo that was uh, already running by by itself how did you I don't know, talk about this with Luca or how did you motivate yourself or calm yourself down during this time? Because I can imagine there were lots of thoughts in your head of, I don't know, from, I don't know, that was your thought, shall we shut it yeah, down? Yeah. It won't work out uh, or, I don't know, what were your thoughts and how, how did you process all of that in your head? Uh, uh, luckily, um, me and Luca have uh, uh, like a very similar uh, background in terms of uh, university and experiences, but also we have uh, different behaviors when uh, stressful things happen. I'm usually stressed uh, three months uh, before 
things happening and Luca is very calm while Luca is very stressed when things are happening and so I mean thanks to these different of course these different moments can lead us to some discussions but in general uh, we have at least one people in the in the ballroom that is focused and rational and can carry on with all the team. Oh, I love it. And so important to have a co-founder that is there to support you. And I think yeah. it's uh, it, even in, I think in Y Combinate, uh, they didn't allow single founders in, in mm. the um, accelerator because they said they have less chances of surviving. But during I, the first I, I'm not sure if they accepted couples as well, like couples ah. in life, because also it's very I mean, risky. It could be very risky. Ah. Uh, since the beginning, we uh, decided to incorporate as a company with uh, uh, shares, like it's a limited company. Mm. Uh, but like, um, I think that even if you work with your partner, it's very important to put things uh, down uh, and be sure that, uh, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's good for you, but it's also good for your employees. Oh, absolutely. And um, in, in kind of talking about hard times, how do you relax in general, whether it is when it, is, it has been a really hard day and you really need to, I don't know, take your mind away from the things, or in general, when you really want this inspiration or something, how, how do you relax and, I don't know, get yourself feel a bit happier? Uh, I really love to have a very, very long breakfast during weekends that start with a cafe macchiato, like the espresso coffee with a little bit of creamy milk. And then maybe I'm reading a design magazine or maybe I also love to read maybe more economic and political like Business Week magazine or other like things from the Italian press. And I also like to show to look at my uh, Instagram saved post because of course we have some design or typography things or interior design things and then usually we end up this morning with a glass of Prosecco so this is like my dreamy <laughs> morning during the weekend um, during the weekdays uh, I like to finish to work quite early because I'm a morning person and uh, um, I mean uh, um, like being able to be out at six, uh, it's uh, very, very uh, lovely because you can have an afterlife after work. And uh, I like to go out with my dog or maybe, I don't know, have an uh, aperitivo or uh, like a spritzer or maybe meeting some friends. And so it's very important to me having, be sure to have uh, some free time. So I'm not a workaholic uh, founder that uh, it's saying okay i have to like everything is on me no <laughs> absolutely and um, also because maybe i'm very fast when i'm work or when i design but i can get tired very easily so like uh, my <laughs> maximum battery lasts uh, seven to eight hours after this i need some uh, to, to uh, relax and uh, have a walk or uh, do something funnier Great. It seems like you're very organized with your work and life balance, which is very rare for founders. And it came after, night people. after night. Of course, when we started, like the first uh, uh, two or three years, uh, like the first year and a half as a freelancer, and then uh, in the very uh, early stage of our company, uh, we didn't have uh, nights or weekends or holidays or things like this. And I didn't regret it because uh, like... Uh, 
it was the beginning and you want to make like this all um, but uh, like right now uh, when we became an actual studio uh, to me it's very important to have a good uh, a good balance and also we started the company to being able to decide the work-life balance we wanted because maybe in our previous uh, little experiences uh, we were working in bigger corporations where you are a very little gear of a larger engine but also where being a workaholic maybe was appreciated at the time maybe things now are a bit different uh, but yeah I, I really think that uh, time is really precious both ours and uh, our employees ones. Oh, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think it's you, everyone needs to find their own balance, what makes makes them happy. I was actually talking to um, an advisor in, a, in an accelerator asking like, okay, you see all these startups. Can you tell me like, is it really needed to work 24 hours to, to make it? Like, what kind of statistics uh, do you see? And he's like, actually, there are people who work 24 hours and don't get anywhere. And there are people who work very kind of uh, slowly and in their own um, pace and uh, get everything. It really depends on who you are as a founder. If you cannot stop in this really what drives you, don't try to stop yourself just because everyone says, oh, you should finish at six or like seven or whatever. If you like, if you can't, if you want to go for it. But if you yeah. feel like I'm not productive after seven, so what's the point of me sitting there? Then, then don't. <laughs> There's yeah, no one answer. Uh, brilliant. So let's talk about the future, um, because um, again, it's um, it has been one of your themes. Uh, so hopefully, you had time to think about the future as well. And uh, in like, where do you see yourself, your company? I don't know, in twenty years, somewhere like far in the future. Do you see yourself still running it? Do you see it as a massive company? Do you want to keep it small? Uh, do you want to retire and do something else? Have you thought of it at all? Think about 20 years, I will be uh, 55, so I'm going to work uh, probably for a dozen of years. Uh, I, I hope that uh, ELO will, will still be there. And uh, of course, uh, when I started the company, like, or, or when you start uh, a business, a company for the first year, uh, you, you say to yourself, uh, I will be very lucky if I will be able to last another year and then another three years. And so right now I think that our uh, lifespan could be at least other five years, 10 years, but I hope of course more. Um, I hope that, uh, yeah, maybe uh, we're going to work uh, always with uh, design and animation, but maybe we're going to work in a different way. I don't know. Uh, maybe we are not going to work more on uh, uh, pixels, on digital screens, but maybe uh, a more uh, environmental space will be our canvas. Uh, and also maybe we're going to have more generative design. Um, so, yeah, I think that we... or. or, or also, of course, we have the motion part, but also maybe the design thing. So maybe we can design. We are not designing experience right now, but we are designing our brand uh, communicate themselves. So I think that it's something that uh, will be still valid in uh, in twenty years. I mean, that's a great plan. I, I love the new <laughs> development of environmental design and everything else. I think definitely. Uh, it's going away from our screens right now into the world, all the design and interaction. So it's interesting to see where will it be in 20 years? Where was it 20 years ago? It was in a completely different space. So I assume in 20 years it will be in, in completely other space. And what, what do you think you will do when you're 
80, 90 years old? Uh, have you thought of your dream? I don't know, how, what, will you still be working? Will you be living in a house in the countryside? Have you thought of your uh, 80s? Okay, so I hope that uh, Ilo and Algo will still be there so I can get a small salary from them and have a nice uh, retirement plan. Uh, probably I'm still going to like uh, um, be interested by design, but maybe I will be teaching or maybe just enjoying uh, my I actually uh, bought last, uh, last year yes uh, a very uh, scrappy barn that I would like to renew uh, and, and make it like a holiday home or also maybe a little um, place where uh, fellow creatives can come and enjoy the countryside and do some like uh, personal projects so maybe i will be simply doing my personal project or i don't know maybe i'm going to watch television like uh, all the grannies are doing so yeah i'm uh, i'm not sure but uh, yeah let's see what uh, uh, paula Scher will do in a few years and we will take some inspiration from her Oh, definitely. I love Polisha. And actually, she talks, yeah, again, she talks about how actually being older in design, it kind of gets better and better with every year. And I think she said, yeah, when you're 50, then suddenly all your clients are the same age as you. So you don't need to prove anything anymore because they're just <laughs> your buddies and you can be like, hey, trust me, it will, will work exactly. out. Um, so yeah, and uh, Michael Wolf, uh, an amazing founder of Wolf Orleans, is I think he's 87 now. Seriously, still working in design, still coming up with ideas and uh, while living his best life and enjoying uh, like all the other things that life has to offer. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to think that we all can still do our work if we want to until whenever, if our brains will allow us. Um, our last question for you before we wrap up this wonderful conversation, uh, which is if you could go back five years ago, uh, so when your company was like just developing and growing and you could give yourself an advice that would save you either a lot of time, energy, stress, whatever. Um, what would you tell yourself? Uh, maybe we should have understood a little bit earlier our style because uh, I think that uh, maybe at the time was already quite clear for other people not for us, uh, but like uh, with times we understood that uh, we were uh, recognized for colors and shapes and for how we naturally match things together. And then when we discovered this, uh, we thought like how to uh, like create our portfolio uh, considering how we were perceived by other people. And of course also putting on top of it our direction, but uh, yeah, like uh, understanding. And also probably five years ago, we switched our um, the name of our company because uh, when we started, we were called uh, Ileno Lugo. That is like my name, Ilenia Notarangelo and Luca Gonnelli. And then we had the strength to switch it to Illo. And uh, it was, uh, at the time, it was a really big move. And uh, we were very scared. Oh, my God, uh, nobody will um, remind our name. Our older clients uh, won't call us anymore because we changed our name. And instead, uh, I mean, we were very lucky to choose a very beautiful uh, and short name after Ilan Lugo. Uh, so, yeah, probably would say, okay, go with Illo and uh, uh, focus on what is Illo style and uh, pursue it. 
Oh, I love it. And so brave to change the name as well. This is mm -hmm. a very bold move, but loving your name, definitely good choice. <laughs> <Thank you>. So <laughs> well done. Uh, thank you so much, Eleni. It was so lovely talking thank to you. Thank you, It was a pleasure. Uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, I'm, and whenever you're in London, we'll see each other in real sure. life uh, at some point. And thanks, everyone, for joining. If you're not following ELO TV yet, please do. They have amazing work. So do follow them on Instagram and everywhere else. And get inspired by their really bold colorful geometric style and if you want to hear more from people like Elenia about creative life also follow future london academy there will be more interviews and fun conversations coming out thank you so much Elenia, and thank you, love and thanks everyone bye. for joining until next bye. time bye thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed this conversation if you want to join one of these interviews in the future and ask your questions Follow us on Instagram, we are at Future London Academy. We are doing Instagram live chats weekly with some of the most inspiring people in the industry, so prepare your questions and see you there. If you want to learn from these people about how they work with clients and approach projects in more depth, join one of our courses at Future London Academy, taught by the best of the best in the world of design and innovation. And if you're ever in London, come in for a coffee. We love meeting new people. Thanks again, and until next time.